How are we doing guys? A very warm welcome to episode number two of the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast with myself Michael Lindsay and today's topic I'm going to talk about is fear. It comes up a lot in my seminars and talks and everyone suffers with it to some degree and it's not just fear of you know, not achieving or not doing, it's sometimes a fear of success and what comes with that. Um, the fear of, okay, if I succeed, how am I going to cope with it? How am I going to keep things running? How, I, how am I going to maintain the success? So in the title there, I put sometimes what it's used, kind of the, um, the acronym F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. So if you just kind of analyze that for a little bit, it's false evidence appearing real. It could be just something that you're thinking up in your head that it's becoming real in your head, but it hasn't actually happened. So I'm going to talk a little bit over the next, say, 15, 20 minutes about some of my own experiences with fear and how that changes from when you're young and as you grow and how you learn it um, through your your conditioning, um, your upbringing, etc. So, um, but it really can be, you know, deliberating fear. It can really... It's like you're being shackled to the wall in handcuffs that you can't move. It can literally freeze you. And it can, you know, stop you from from achieving things. And I think I put up, you know, a post before about, you know, live full and die empty. And I think that really stuck with a lot of people mentioned it back to me. So a lot of people die full. Um, as in what I mean by that is they die full of their their dreams, their aspirations, their wishes and things they wanted to have done rather than dying empty and having that all, you know, all expressed, all done throughout your life. So um, a lot of that's down towards fear. Um, as I said, the fear of not succeeding, but also the fear of succeeding. OK, and how do I how do I maintain that? So um, I got a good example of this from somebody else. And I've used this before it was a few years ago. Um, a friend of mine was we were talking and I asked her what she really wanted to do deep down forget about you know any obstacles or anything like that just tell me what you really want to do and she came out with I really want to do this advanced makeup course now before I literally had time to reply to her she reeled off five or six excuses um, why she couldn't do it so her gut her soul whatever you want to call it that was deep down what she really wanted to do and then within seconds, the brain uh, jumped up, and that doesn't want the brain doesn't want you to take risks; it wants to keep you safe. So it said, so she said, "Oh, I won't be able to do it anyways because I can't get the time off. It's too expensive." Reeled off three or four things that she couldn't do, and just shut it down. And I kind of smirked, and I was like, "I was actually doing a talk that night, actually, funnily enough, and fear was something I was going to." talk about and I said I'm going to use you as an example obviously not name her but I was going to use her as a really a really good example of 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 that fear that you know I really want to do something but then there's a b c and d why I can't do it so I think that's um really important to um you know to come to to kind of realize really that you know we have a lot of a lot of potential really inside us and you know what what I kind of kind of sticks out with me is is how when we were young, we had no fear. Like I see toddlers and babies inside the gym every morning, and they're running around and crawling around, and they fall over and they bump themselves, and you know they don't just stop. 
they don't just not want to crawl or not want to move or walk they keep going they might shed a few tears but they'll they'll they'll, they'll, they'll keep going they'll get into this they'll look at that they'll climb up on this you know we tend to lose that um you know that that freedom i suppose that 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 not you know not thinking about overthinking things too much you just kind of do it when you're young just a good good example of myself in regards to fear i remember um, growing up in cambridge and we went to the local swimming pool was you know maybe 10 minute walk up the road so we'd walk up there and i remember really clearly they they split us up into groups it was the first time we were going swimming lessons and they said okay we're going to split you up into groups okay so you obviously had top group middle group bottom group or whatever it was so the bottom group were the people who couldn't swim at all and so on um and they said okay if, if and it was a fairly long pool i think it was maybe 40 meters 50 meter pool it was a big pool anyways parkside swimming pool is the name of it i remember it well and the teacher said okay whoever can swim one length of the pool put your hand up now i had no i, I couldn't swim a whole length of the pool i could probably get to maybe halfway at a push but of course I threw my hand up because I wanted to be up in the top group. Um, and yeah, yeah, I can do that, no problem. And I kind of bluffed my way through. I stayed in the top group, but I was kind of doggy paddling it away. Um, but um, I knew I couldn't do it, but I just wanted to, to be in the top group. So I said, yeah, yeah, I can do that. But even before that, um, when I couldn't swim at all, really, I remember the same swimming pool. My mum would be in the stands watching me and I, I saw everyone jumping off the diving board. Uh, it was a say the smaller one it was like a six foot um it was the lowest one should we say and i couldn't swim at all but i wanted to do what all the other people were doing so what in my own head i came up with a plan i must have been i don't know seven eight i was like okay so the diving board is relatively close to the side of the pool so what i could do is if i jumped off the pool but jumped kind of diagonally if you know what i mean if i jumped more to the side towards the railing when i popped up which i knew i'd pop up after I went in, I could grab onto the railing. So I was nearly jumping, nearly crapping, cracking my head off the side of the pool. And I remember mum seeing me running down the steps like, Michael, Michael, what are you doing? What are you doing? So, you know, there was no fear there at all. It was just like, I, I want to do this and I'm going to do it because all the other guys seem to be having great fun. I might not be able to swim, but I can do it, do you know? So um, now as, as you get older and you get the conditioning and, and through, you know, teachers, parents, peers, and you're, you're told you can do this, but you can't do that and do this and don't do that. And all these rules and regulations, you, you know, you tend to, and when the brain start developing, you tend to start, you know, analyzing things a bit more and thinking about things before you do them. Now, you know, I've done some, some, I read some studies on the teenage brain. Um, the teenage brain is very controlled by the, the amygdala part of the brain, the fight or flight. So, that's why a lot of teenagers, as we all did, make mistakes. We make decisions that we probably thought, we, you know, in hindsight, they weren't the best ones. But the brain doesn't actually fully develop until you're around 23. So it kind of forms from back to front. So your prefrontal cortex at the front is more the reasoning part of the brain doesn't um, doesn't form properly until you're, as I said, early 20s, 20, about 23. So that's why um, then you start thinking about it. But even, you know, even when I was thinking around 15, 16, the process had started as in, I'll give you another example of when I was a bit older. So I was playing rugby. Rugby was kind of the main sport at the school I went to in Cambridge. And we, I ended up to be particularly good at it. You know, I'd never played until I went to secondary school. So I was around 11, 12, picked it up quite well. I was quite quick, quite elusive, long-legged. So I was on the wing 
um, you know, getting all the glory, scoring the tries, staying out of the, you know, the the tough stuff in, in the pack and uh, keeping clean. But anyways, we had a big game against um, our big rivals and I was playing with the, the sixth form. So uh, let me explain that a little bit. So I was, say, 15 and we had a sixth form. So 15 is probably equivalent to the, in Ireland, you're doing your junior cert. We did GCSEs. And then you could stay on in, into sixth form where you do your A-levels or your leave and cert, I suppose, the equivalent in Ireland. So a few of the better players in the fifth year, shall we say, um, got picked to play in the sixth form team, which was the first team in the school. So it was pretty, pretty big honour. And, um, you know, only a few, few of the lads got there. So I was playing for them. We were playing against a rival school up the road, big crowd, you know, but anyways, I'll, put, I'll paint the picture for you. So there was a scrum. It was over on the left wing. So it was my side, should we say. Now, there, was, there wasn't much room. The scrum was formed near near the sideline to the left. So I had my right winger directly in front of me. So there's no real way of getting through there. Now, the ball had just trickled into the back of the scrum. So it was the number eight. So the guy at the back of the scrum it was by his feet. So I started looking at the ball and nobody was really picking it up or making any moves. Now, this probably all happened within seconds, but it seemed like ages. So I looked at the ball and I, then I said, oh, uh, I really want to pick up the ball and, you know, try and make a run or try and make something happen. But then I started, then you could see how the brain starts to kick in. I said, like, mm, maybe you shouldn't, Michael, because, you know, if you mess this up, everyone's watching. You're only a rookie. You're only a young guy. You know, the coach is going to give out to you. And then, you know, so I shut that down. And then I looked again. I said, look, yeah, but, you know, nobody's really taking taking the ball by the horns here. You know, nobody's really making, I could maybe run around the other side and make a play, make a, maybe a break through the line. So anyways, this conversation came back and forth, back and forth. And to the point where I didn't give in to the, to, to the thought telling me not to, I just said, no, I'm going to do this. So grabbed the ball at the back of the scrum and I took off. So I obviously going kind of more lateral to the start with, I threw an outrageous dummy that the, the fly half um, fell for and I cut through the line straight through onto the fullback at the last person to beat and my right winger who was quicker than me um, I think his name was Lucas if I remember but anyways I drew the last man through the ball um, passed the ball to Lucas and he scored and you know we ended up winning the game not I don't based on that try but you know we scored a try from it we won the game um, I can't remember the score now a long time ago this was probably 95 which is getting old lads but anyways the, afterwards the coach um had us all in a huddle and he goes i just want to sh- you know big shout to 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 michael Lindsay. um Lindsay, i think they called us surname i think it was that type of school and uh, um for, for taking the opportunity for picking the ball up and actually making that making something happen we scored a try off it so got, got a clap got a round of applause and it was huge like at the time because as i said i was one of the younger guys and um but I could have listened to that inner voice and said, no, I think I better just not pick it up because it's not really my place to, do you know? Um, I wasn't a senior player in the team, but, I, you know, I took that opportunity and it worked out. So you can just see the difference from when I was jumping in the pool off the diving board, I couldn't swim or pretending I could swim a length when I, when I couldn't. And then as you get older and you start to be conditioned by society, by peers, by family, you know, that you can't do that or don't do that. So, you know, that, that fear is kind of like... Um, and I use the analogy of the diving board actually quite a lot in my talks. And have you ever been on, you know, and there was another, there was four, three or four diving boards at this particular pool and there was a really high board. I remember going up there and have you ever been on this high board or something high that you had to jump off of and you're just looking over the edge and you're kind of just baby steps over to the edge of the pool. 
and you're kind of looking and then you step back and you know I can't I can't do that I can't do it and then you try again and you can't do it and you end up a lot of the times the more you leave it you just end up going back down the steps because you you kind of bottle it you said no I can't do that you the fear takes over and that's because fear feeds on time but um the more you leave something the long, the harder it is to actually take action and that can be used that's you know for me being years telling myself I couldn't open a business I couldn't do this I couldn't do that you know and the longer I left it the less likely it was going to happen only to the point where I really you know did make a switch and make a change and you know touch wood you know nearly open a couple of years but that was not something that happened overnight that was an inner conversation I was having for a long time and that was all due to fear okay um fear of look I've grown businesses for other people before really well but then could I grow a business for myself Do you know would people come into the gym would you know people follow me would people you know engage with me um and come back if you know so all these conversations and it was just fear and and you know and it's a fear internally because I find this you know I've got this quote that I it's an African proverb actually that says if there's no enemy within the enemy outside can do us no harm so I think it's really powerful so I'll say that again if there is no enemy within the enemy outside can do us no harm so a lot of times we're having that that enemies within us really and you know we we're fighting with with ourselves and what we can do and what we can't do and you know that enemy outside us you know that won't really bother you you know you're going to get negative comments you're going to get you know you're going to get people who's saying things about you or people who don't you know you know you're getting a lot of haters from from different from, you know in all, in all areas of life that will affect you if you if you have that internal you know enemy there as well but if you're strong inside um, you know strong you know that outside influence you know won't you know won't happen so when it comes to the fear is is as i said fear feeds on time like a band-aid the longer you leave it it's harder to pull it off and that's that's a good analogy to use as well and it's it kind of comes to you know how badly do you really want it that's what it kind of comes down to and you know in the end that that how much I wanted it how much I wanted my own place my own business out kind of shone you know the the internal conversation I was having what a lot of people have is the fear of failure you know the fear of that they won't be able to succeed in something um now what you find is you know I find in regards to failure a good quote by J.K. Rowling goes it is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all in which in case you fail by default so you know you're gonna fail at, you know you're gonna fail it at some stage and um, we all fail in certain aspects of our life but it's how we can kind of come from that it's how we can you know learn from the failures to to push on through because you know what you'll find is and it's you hear a lot about you know why are successful people successful and why do people you know don't succeed and there's no real difference there's no magic formula for success and um, there's no difference really the the only difference between successful people and unsuccessful people are the successful people are just persistent they don't listen to that other voice in your head that's telling you you can't do it that we talked about earlier um successful people just do and they change direction if it doesn't work so I think that's that's the key changing direction not going backwards 
I'm just going to change direction. I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to go down a different road. I'm going to go diff- down a different path. Or I'm going to create my own path. It might not even be a path there, but you're going to paint your own, your own with your own brush and create something new. So, you know, maybe that option didn't work. Okay, we're going to try something else. Um, so you don't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be a perfect situation. And that's what a lot of people make the make the error is they're, they're waiting. You know, waiting for the perfect time, for the perfect moment to do something. It doesn't exist. Perfection doesn't exist. It's a made up place. You know, you might wait until I've got the money or wait until the kids are in college or wait till, um, you know, I get the promotion or there's all this kind of wait, wait, wait. And you're, you know, that, that could turn in from months to years to decades. Um, and then, you know, you might feel like you're too old to do something, which again is is it, it isn't true there's not you never too old to do something but you know the longer you leave it like the diving board the longer you leave it the, the harder it's going to be so i find success is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm i think that's a good way to think about it so success is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm and it is all about the story that we um we, we keep telling ourselves and if you keep telling yourself you know you're stupid and you're not good enough and you won't be able to do something you know what do you think really is actually you know going to happen you know I, I myself for example i i wouldn't be the most um uh so we say i'm a very forgetful person <laughs> so if i don't write something down i'll um i'll forget it my long-term memory is good short term not so much so i have to write things down and and for years i kept telling myself oh you know if i did something i forgot to do something i'd be like oh michael you're so stupid and i'd keep on saying it and i'd kind of shout myself and i'd be you know you know, why are you done this again? You're so stupid, da da da. And eventually, you know, you start to believe it, even though I know I'm not stupid. But it's you are the story you tell yourself. And um, you know, we, we have a choice there about, you know, what we choose to entertain and how our thoughts kind of shape our day. And, you know, we have to, you know, telling ourselves a positive story rather than giving out to yourself and and and, and that type of thing. So but we have to have this kind of mentality of doing and you need to be running in your own head. Now, I've, a little story I'm going to tell you um, as we get through to, towards the end of the podcast. But, OK, I tell the story a good bit in my talks, but I just want to share this with you um, as a little finish um, to, to the podcast today. And it's about e, this. So picture you're in the Serengeti, you're in the desert and um, you're a gazelle. Okay, so you're a gazelle. You wake up in the morning and your first thought of the day is I need to be the quickest gazelle I can be today. I need to be quicker than the fastest lion because I'm not quicker than the fastest lion. I'm going to be caught and I'm going to be dinner and I'm going to be dead by the end of the day. Okay, so I have to be in my top of my game for the for for the day to survive and carry on to the next day and on the flip of that the lion wakes up and he says exactly the same thing to himself he says okay i need to be the quickest lion and i need to be quicker than i suppose the slowest gazelle as we say so i need to be the quickest i can be to catch the gazelle to have my dinner for me and my family and we can we can survive for another few days before I have to go and hunt again. So they both wake up with the same mentality of having to be the best of the best that they can be today or else they won't survive. So they've both got the same mentality and they're waking up running. So we need to be waking up running. And I don't necessarily mean physically, 
which is great. You can go go for a run. But I mean, mentally, you just have to be on it, you know, from the get go, setting out your intentions for the day, which you've done even the night before that's gone into subconscious. And we'll be talking about this, about morning and evening routines in, in, in an upcoming podcast. But when we wake up, we need to be running. We need to be switched on. We need to know what our goals are for the day. We, we don't want to be hitting the snooze button four, five, six times. You know, because you're wasting time and it's not great sleep anyways. You're getting from these eight, extra eight minutes here and there. So we need to be up. We need to do our little morning to, morning routine, whether that be a little bit of meditation, a bit of stretching, a bit of moving, a bit of exercise, uh, setting our goals out, gratitude journals, all these type of things. But we need to be on it. We need to be on point and we need to believe in ourselves that we can achieve what we what we want to achieve in, in life. And you know it's it's hugely important that we we listen to that you know listen to your soul listen to your gut listen to things that you you know that that you really want to achieve and try to switch off some of the, the, the that inner voice and sometimes externally from people saying you can't do it. it's not just you telling you sometimes people say oh there's no point doing that you know you won't be good at that or that's not going to work out so don't forget about what they say okay you can listen to it but don't process it you know if you believe it in yourself give it a go look the worst thing can happen. Look, it's going to fail, but that's fine. That's just failure's feedback. Okay, that might not have worked, but okay, I'm going to change direction. So think about changing direction about then, then moving backwards. I think that's the key from today's podcast. So just to wrap it up, guys, um, fear, um, you know, it does hit all of us um, and it's hit me. And I've given you some examples over the years of how fear has, has changed my um, actions. And, you know, I've overcome a good few fears this year. I've got some more fears coming up on the uh, 15th of June, which is a skydive. I'm not great with planes or I'm not great with heights. So, and that's a first for me. I've never done it. So another, another, another first this year. So it's all about trying new things. So it's all about facing my fears and, and, you know, with the skydive um, from people who have done it and there's a good Will Smith as he did a good video on this, actually the, the bit about, the bit of the skydive that's supposed to be the most scary is actually the least scary is the bit when you're actually out and you're in the air and you're flying basically the fear is the build up to it and you know the the, the picture you're painting in your head and then the door slides open in the plane and you're like doors don't supposed to open in planes and and then the the three two uh, and the jump bit so it's the build up that actually is the fear but again, it's 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 a fear of something that hadn't happened yet. And then when you actually get out into into the into the air, apparently it's the it's the best feeling in, in the world. So uh, all going well. I'll be doing a podcast on that experience as well. But again, it's it's facing your fears and you know doing it anyway. I think that's the key. You know, what's the worst can happen? Okay, that's not going to work out. You know, it's not going to be the end of the world. You're not going to die you know something might but there's things I've tried in the gym that haven't worked there's events I've tried that haven't worked okay that didn't work okay it wasn't meant to be at that time I'll try something else okay guys so just a little bit about fear I hope you enjoyed it uh, if you did it'd be great to share it with people or you know even tag it um, screenshot it put it up onto you know tag me on Instagram Studio 7 Fitness Kalani Studio 7 Fitness Kalani on Facebook as well it should be on Spotify SoundCloud etc so yeah leave a comment it'd be great and maybe a review it should be on iTunes soon as well and I'll let you know when that happens but thanks again for listening that's episode two we've got some guests coming in this week to record and um, so exciting um, exciting stuff coming up so yeah thanks for listening and I will speak to you soon Take care, guys.